Uh, who's doing good? Who's, who's, I wonder this morning, this theme of reset, I wonder how many of you are like, I'm just ready, I, you know, I need to shred 2018, I need to bury 2018, I would like to kind of cross it off, you know, leave it behind. How many people feel like that 2018 was just one of those years, you're ready to leave it behind? Uh, hopefully you made it last week to what was Shredder Sunday. Uh, if not, that's okay, because I want to pray with you just in a moment, but I love the timing of January. It gives us this option. I love how God has designed uh, days and hour, minutes, days, hours, years, and, and so that we have an opportunity for a new start every day, a new start every week, a new start every month, but particularly the opportunity to go, well, that's, let's close the chapter on that year. And let's get ready for something brand new. The beginning of the year has this sort of feeling that anything could happen. doesn't matter what happened last year. Anything could happen this year. It could be the greatest year of your life. But sometimes we've actually just got to get our head in the right place. And so I want to just ask us, can we close our eyes right across the room? And if you're, if you're one of those people just saying, man, I would like to not just press reset, I'd like to press erase on 2018. I'd like it just to be gone. And, and maybe you're feeling even a bit scarred from it. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe there's, there's just some, some things, mental scars or the, the, of discouragement, of grief, of things that are weighing you down right now. I would love to pray for you. Can you just lift your hand if that's you? You're like, that's me. I, I need God's love and his presence just to come and help me. Father, I'm praying right now, right across the room. Lord, I pray for those online right now who 2018 was just a difficult year. I'm asking Holy Spirit, for the breath of God to blow in this place today. Lord, that the, the pain, Lord, that's captured in hearts would be healed. Jesus, you're the healer of the brokenhearted. Let the pain be healed right now. Father, let the tears that need to flow, flow. Father, let the forgiveness that needs to, to be given, be given right now. Lord, for the mistakes that have been made, Lord, we're sorry. We repent and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, we're praying. Lord, where relationships have been fractured, we're asking right now that the Holy Spirit, you would begin to work in those relationships. You're a restorer of the breach. I pray that you begin to bring restoration into those relationships. Lord, today, for those in this room, Lord, who, who have just not even got a sense of vision or purpose today, hope would come into hearts as your love pours in. Hope would come into hearts in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. Why don't you grab your seat? So good to be with you. Thank you, band. You've done a phenomenal job. God bless you guys. Put your hands together for the band. They've done fantastic. It's great to be uh, here this morning. We've had a couple of weeks off. Uh, Danielle and I, we went away. We went up to Bagara. They say that uh, in the top 10 places of, of holiday destinations that you want to go when you want to do nothing, Bagara is one. And that's what we did. We went there. We did nothing. We watched turtles lay eggs, actually. That was my wife's uh, goal that you've already crossed off for the year. Uh, to watch turtles lay eggs and then watch some little hatchlings run down the beach and that was all lots of fun. Uh, but we feel very refreshed, excited about the year that we've got 
to head to share and I'm excited about this day our goal anointing service and the idea if you've never been to one of these we've been doing these for probably 20 years uh, or maybe or since we became the pastors of the church at least it's just an opportunity at the beginning of the year to write down might be two goals might be five might be ten you can write them through the service and to write them down you can put them on your phone whatever you like and at the end of the service to we're going to come and pray for people what we do is we get oil representative of the Holy Spirit and we and we pray with you that God would help you uh, in the desires of your heart the goals that you're setting for this coming year and so it's, it's been quite a powerful um component of our church life and so as you write those down they, they could be anything from faith goals uh, miracles that you'd like to see it might be very practical like some financial goals some saving goals it might be fitness goals friendship goals it might be relationship goals it, it could be career goals ministry goals uh, any anything there's just a whole variety of things that uh, not so much new year's resolution that you sort of thought wow i should do this because i saw it on social media but just things that you're like sometimes I roll goals over from last year it's like didn't quite hit it last year so I'm going to re- I'm, I'm literally going to reset and go again for that particular goal so that's that's what we're going to do at the end of the service and you know often what happens for people who aren't thinking goals okay so look, just give me an idea who's come thinking goals and I've got them and I'm ready to be prayed for them all right maybe half of us that's quite yeah, that's probably quite common uh, so the others of us are waking up to the year maybe you've been in holiday mode maybe and you're like oh I'm not quite there yet so I'm hoping that this morning as I preach that your heart will get open and you'll begin to tune in and often what happens is people go away in the afternoon and write the goals down and then come back at night and get them prayed for tonight so rather than trying to rush them but set some time aside this afternoon to make that uh, possible so that's that's kind of uh, where we could go Uh, I'd love to ask you this week it's our youth camp week this week right Pastor Dan Frecker and Ebony Frecker taking our young people. I think you're on. Ta- you're pretty much on target for the biggest youth camp ever uh, for our young people. And I'd love you to be in prayer. When, do, when does it start, Dan? Wednesday. I'd love you to be praying, church. Can we be praying that our young people will encounter the Lord this week? Uh, there's lots of kids whose church families don't go to church at all. Let's pray for the touch of God to be upon them. Uh, pray for safety, particularly. Uh, uh, Danielle and I are going down to preach uh, and minister to the kid, to the young people on Thursday. So we're believing that God is going to baptize young people in the Holy Spirit. Some are going to come back and get water baptized. There's going to be miracles. Uh, Destiny is going to be birthed in young people. So Let's just believe together and put our hands together for our leaders, David and Piata as well, doing a great job. I think the target is to get 140. Is that what you're going for, Dan? 150, 150 teenagers. And thank you to all the camp parents who are going down too to help out. God bless you. Bank up some sleep before you go. All right, this morning I want to preach a message and it's just called New Things new things i'm not going to preach specifically into goals i'm I'm out of the the context of reset i want to speak a word that's been really stirring in my heart and that i believe is something for us as a church out of isaiah chapter 43 isaiah or if you're american isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 and 19 and it says this but forget all that it is nothing compared to what i am going to do for I am about to do something new. Everybody say something new. 
See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. This this scripture is a prophetic moment where Isaiah the prophet is speaking to the Israelites, God's people in the Old Testament. If you look at the few verses prior, uh, he's he's actually talked about how God delivered them out of Egypt, how they went through the Red Sea and and how chariots and horses were swallowed up. And and really in the wilderness of 40 years, God made water um, come out of rocks, all sorts of miracles. And this is what he comes and he says, now God did that, but forget that. That was awesome, but forget it. Don't, don't live looking in the past just at what God's done, but look at the future. And he begins to talk, uh, you know, about the days that are coming that are going to be um, some captivity in Babylon. And then one day the Messiah is going to come and the Messiah is going to do things different. And the way that God's done it in terms of the old covenant is going to roll into a new covenant and all sorts of things are going to change because Jesus is coming. And I just love the language of that. Forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Something new. I believe, and even as I was praying about this particular scripture in our church and this year and praying for you, I saw this picture of just um, a piles of boxes wrapped up as presents like a just a massive a whole stack of presents and gifts and as I as I was thinking of us and thinking of you you I just felt like the Lord said tell people I've got gifts for them I've got new things for them stored up prepared for this coming year uh, uh, for us 2019 20, 20, I'm warming up 2018 uh, was a year of birthing a new era as a church it was prophesied over us therefore now the, we've birthed and we are in a new era which means if you're part of this church and you're planted in this church then that means if the church is in a new era then and there are new era things for you. There are new things that God's got for you. I believe that he's got new dreams to place in your heart that have never even been put there. There are new experiences in God that he has for you. He's got new friends for you to make. He's got new places for you to travel. He's got new responsibilities for you to step into. He's got new businesses for you to start, new houses for you to buy, new careers and new jobs for you to step into, new relationships to begin, new songs to write, new spiritual gifts that you don't even know are in you or are coming to you. God's going to give them to you if we can open up for what He's got for us. New, new, new. For some of you here today, you're, you know, you're like, oh, I've turned over a new leaf. It's 2019 and I'm getting back to church. Or like Shauna, you're like, oh, I, I just something inside me tells me I need to get to church or you've been invited to church or whatever it is. And I'm telling you, you're here and God's got something new for you. He's got a fresh start for you, a relationship with Him that will transform your life from the inside out. And if you open up your heart. Now, here's the interesting thing about this scripture. Last week, uh, the messages were phenomenal, both from Dan and Teresa, about shredding the things of the past. And sometimes the painful things in our past can hold us back. And we need to let go of things and forgive people and, and let experiences go. And I believe absolutely in that, that if we don't deal with our past, it will sabotage our future. 
But I also believe something else can sabotage our future and some, it's something that can stop us from uh, experiencing the new things God's got and it's not necessarily the negative things of our past. And so I want to talk about some things here today that will stop you stepping into your new. What's some things that might stop you and I stepping into our new? And the first thing I want to talk about, I was, I was reading this during the week. I'm a, an avid sports lover. I love all sorts of sports. Cricket has taken a little bit of a dip in my love over the last month or two, but that's okay. It's coming back. Uh, but but I, I love AFL. I love rugby league, all sorts of sports. I, I love them. And I, I particularly grew up loving AFL. And so I, I check out an AFL app uh, most days of what's the news in the off season. Uh, my team is doing so bad the off-season's the best part of the year for my team, so that, that, that's a good thing, all right? And so I'll check it, and I read about one guy uh, who played for the West Coast Eagles in last year's grand final, and they talked about how his life had dramatically changed. His name's Dom Sheed. He's 23 years old, and he played for the West Coast, who won the grand final in the last two minutes after trailing the majority of the game with two minutes to go, and Collingwood lovers, uh, close your ears right now, this will be painful for you, uh, but with two minutes to go, he took a spectacular mark he was a long distance out they were they were behind and they needed this goal to win and he lined it up on a on a difficult angle went back and calmly slotted a beautiful goal that moment won them the, won, won them the grand final. His name will go down in the history books, uh, Dom Sheed, as the grand final winner. And he talked about how his life had changed. He's from Kalgoorlie. He went back to Kalgoorlie and he was uh, the main guy in a street parade and was given the keys to the city. One kick. It's awesome. Uh, he's, he, he will never have to buy a beer at, at the pub again in his life. Everywhere he goes, people shout him uh, a drink. He says he walks down the street and people stop him in the street to congratulate him and to relive the moment, West Coast fans. Uh, he even ran into one person who got his face tattooed on their body. Now that is a hardcore supporter. I'm not sure what's going on with that, whether that was a dare or what, but I mean, imagine that walking down the street and someone goes, oh yeah, look, I got your face tattooed. Just weird, just weird. But he, he, he was talking about now the struggle after last year's success and all the hype and celebration to get up and go again. And often in football or, or in, in, in sport, they talk about the premiership hangover, how a team's success of last year and then the celebration and the exhilaration of that can mean that then they can actually drop the ball and go way down the ladder the next year. And it's an interesting thing that if you're looking for something new or if you're looking to step into success in this year, sometimes it's not the negative things of last year that can hold you back. It's the success of the past that can hold us back. Sometimes the enemy of great is not bad. It's actually good. Or things have been good. So I'm just going to keep ticking along with things that have been good rather than hoping that maybe things could get even better. Some, I wrote this down. Sometimes the enemy of tomorrow's victory is yesterday's success. Apathy can grow in our heart. We get comfortable with, with things and we're like, well, and we, and we can live in the stories of success of the past. Isaiah is challenging the people of Israel. Yeah, I know God led you through the Red Sea. I know that the, the waves came in on, on the chariots. I know manna came from heaven and I know water sprung up in your past and I want you to remember the miracles of the past, but I don't want you to live in the success of your past and, the and your glory days. I want you to look forward to the possibilities of the future. 
I, I love what God's done in my life. I love what God's done in our church. I love the victories that you've won in, in your past. And I think it's important to remember them because they build our faith. But I never want us to become those people who go, remember that move of God back in that day. They were the good old days. Hey, they were good, but the future's great if you get your opportunity and your thinking right. I'm, re I'm refusing to believe that your best days are behind you. I'm refusing to believe that the best days of your family or your marriage or your business or, your, or the thing that God's called you to do is behind you. I believe with all of my heart that your best days are ahead of you. The Bible says this, it's the path of the righteous that shines brighter and brighter to the coming day. Your best days are ahead of you. Don't let the past success make you rest on your laurels. I, I, I think this, that I would, this year, uh, last year was a phenomenal year for us as a church. We said as pretty much this Sunday last year, I said, God's been speaking to me about this being our biggest year ever. And in so many ways, it was our BYE. It was our biggest year ever biggest amount of groups biggest amount of people in groups biggest giving in our vision builders biggest size the church has ever been some of our biggest Sundays we've experienced and it was a phenomenal year but I don't I don't want to be in six months time going how awesome was 2018 I don't want to be in five years time going hey guys remember 2018 that was our BYE I don't want to live like that I want to pray the bolder prayers, bigger prayers. I want to dream bigger things that God's got for us. And I want to dream bigger things that God's got for you. I want to step out of that. Uh, you know, maybe you're here today and often what can happen, the, the same thing can happen if you're not in a relationship with God. Life can look pretty good. In fact, people can be looking in from the outside and say, you've got it all together. You've got, you've got this, this happening and this great job or this relationship or this thing or that thing. And they can look from the outside and go, that's good. And it's good that it's good. But if you don't have God on the inside, you're missing out on what could be great because you are designed for relationship with God. Don't let the good of, what be, of what's happening in your world stop you from stepping into the great in terms of the way you're designed to live in relationship with God. So here we go, past successes can stop us stepping into something new. Turn to your neighbor and say, yesterday was good, but tomorrow is going to be great. Turn to, the, turn to your second favorite neighbor, the one on the other, other side, and say, lift your vision just a little bit higher. Come on, lift your vision a little bit higher. <clears throat> All right, we're doing good. That's the first thing. The second thing that can stop us. Come on, stepping into something new. Behold, I want to do something new, says the Lord. I've got something. I'm about to do something new. Forget the past. Forget the past. The second thing is this, is our wrong mindsets. Our wrong thinking can stop us accepting what God's got for our future. Five years ago, uh, again, on this Sunday, on our goal anointing Sunday, my daughter Gemma wrote on her goals list that she would like a dog. And uh, one of the, our, our parenthood couple, Danielle, my beautiful wife, who had a birthday yesterday, who's the love of my life and is amazing. That's not to crawl for the point I'm about to make. I, that, that's, just, that's just a by the by. Happy birthday, babe. I love you with all my heart. You're gorgeous. Okay. Uh, Dan was not a fan of getting a dog for, for ages. Like, well, since we were married. Uh, She's just like, no, I don't want to get a dog. I'm not into getting a dog. I'm not interested in getting a dog. We had cats. But then Gemma put her on her goals list. 
it got anointed with oil. I mean, it's pretty hard to start to resist those particular moments, all right? And then, and here's what happened. Sometime in the next month or so, Dan had a conversation with someone at church who told her about a particular type of dog that's got fur that's like wool, a bishoodle, which is a bichon frieze and a poodle, uh, fur that's like wool. It won't drop fur around the house. It's literally like, like sheep's wool. And, and this sort of dog is perfect and it's fun and it's intelligent. And in one moment, a mindset that had stopped her getting a dog, just in one moment, one conversation, prayer anointing and a conversation and she opened up and it's just like suddenly she started you started looking for Bichon freezers and then before you know it we've got rocket who's just a great joy to us most of the time most of the time we're going to send him to one of those encounter days i reckon it will change his life no doubt about it there's some things he needs some freedom from barking particularly one moment a wrong mindset, and then it gets changed. I, I wonder. I just, I mean, that's just a simple illustration, but I wonder what mindsets we've got that are stopping us stepping into the something new that God's got. What mindsets? What 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 uh, habits have we got from our past? Or we've well, I've always done it this way. Uh, I heard of a, a lady who would cook her her. Um, big roast in her oven and she'd learn how to do it from her mom who learned how to do it from her mom and what, it, what they would do to put the roast in the oven they'd get the roast out and then they would cut off a little bit from this end and a little bit from that end and then they'd put it in the oven and then one day someone came along and said why do you cut off something from the, the this end and from that end before you put it in the oven and she goes I don't know my mom taught me to do that they went and found a mom why do we do that I don't know my mom taught me to do that and then they, they went and talked to grandma oh that's because I used to have a small oven and I couldn't fit the roast in it so I cut it off and we've been doing that ever since because one day it made sense but now it doesn't, but I'm stuck in a rut of thinking and acting a certain way. I mean, the church has got a, a, a master's degree in this. We, 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 we have such a way of sanctifying something that made sense once, but now it doesn't. It was a means to an end, but now it doesn't. You, you'll go into churches all around the world and, and, and people will speak like this because it's holy. And you go okay is that particularly holy it's not in the bible and you realize the way the reason they did that was years ago in big cathedrals they didn't have microphones they didn't have pas and the best way to get the sound to travel to the back was to speak like this and it worked for the acoustics and it made sense once but now the habit keeps going. It becomes holy and sanctified as a practice rather than something to help get something across. And, and bit by bit, and you know what? We go, oh, yeah, that's them. Well, we all do it. We've all got our favorite little thing. We've all got our mindset. Oh, we've always done it this way. Don't do that. Don't change this. That's going to mess with me. I wonder what God has got to get to in my heart and your heart to prepare us for the coming year. What's he got for you? What mindsets? What? I love this. The scripture, Isaiah 55, says that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. So God's got this, this whole way of thinking that if we're not careful, we'll just get stuck in a rut 
of doing the thing that we've always done because we've always done it that way and God's got new things for us but we've got to allow our mindset to be changed uh, you know it could be a lot of the mindsets we have is about ourselves I'm too young I'm too old I'm, I'm, t- I'm too young a Christian to be doing that and, and helping people or leading or doing that. Or, or I've been around for, for too long to have to do that. I've got this wrong mindset. Many, many people can have a mindset, well, I'm not a leader. Don't try and tell me I'm a leader. I'm not a leader. And you go, why are you not a leader? Well, because my parents told me I wasn't a leader. This person, or I tried this and it didn't work, and I've got this mindset. And God comes along and says, oh, I've got something new for you to do. I want you to be an influencer. I want you to run a group. I want you to disciple people. You've got something in you that I want you to give away to others. That's essentially what leadership is. But if we've got a blockage, we'll not accept what God wants to take us to. I want to encourage us. We've got this Leaders Big Day Out coming uh, on Australia Day on January 26th with John Cameron, one of the greatest uh, Christian leaders going around right now. Such a great opportunity. I want to encourage you. Forget the leadership label. Because maybe that's the roast. I'm not a leader. Why am I not a leader? Well, I'm just not not a leader. Or maybe I don't have enough. I've got mindsets. Forget that and go, all right, God, I want to just put myself outside my normal comfort zone. I want to get outside of that because maybe there's some gifts inside of you that need a certain environment to get them activated. Maybe there's some dreams that God's got for you and for me that need to get activated, but we've got to get into an atmosphere that will change our mindset. Come on. This could be your greatest year of influence wherever you are, whether that leadership's at home, whether it's in your sporting arena, whether it's in your business, your school, your uni, whether it's at church, I encourage you, sign up. It's going to be a powerful day. Forget the former things. Forget the former things. Nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. One of the things that God's been speaking to to me about and to Danielle and I about for our church is for this year to be the year of the party. Okay, the year of the party. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit about that, but, but for about three months, I've had this internal wrestle about what God's been telling me to do about the year of the party. And one of the things is, okay, because we are a church who every year will have some sort of prayer and fasting. We've, we've done it for, for as long as I can remember. There'll be some sort of prayer and there'll be, and, and fasting. Last year we did, uh, 20 days, two lots of 10 days of prayer with fasting and then two lots of 10 days with prayer. So across the year, 40 days of, of prayer and 20 days of fasting. And so the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about this year, about it being a year where we pray, but we don't have corporate fasting. Yeah, I, I, I knew there'd be some excitement in there. Now that doesn't mean we're not going to fast. You can fast all you like. But what, but what he's been speaking to me about is actually I want you to pray and party. I want you to pray and invite your neighbors over for barbecues. I want you to pray and put on, and put on activities and reach out to friends and, and groups to get together and include unsaved family members. I want you to pray and do that. So it's prayer and partying, not prayer and fasting. And I've been arguing with God because I've got a mindset. How could we, fa- how could we not fast? as a church for a year and eventually I, Thursday I was praying and I eventually I just surrendered alright all right, Lord we're going to do this it's going to be the year of 
of parties and the year of prayer and parties. Now, you can feel free to fast as long as you want, whenever you want. And I think it's, a, it's an important personal spiritual discipline. But for us as a church, God, and this is what he said, I want to I wanna weave something new into the fabric of the church. And so to do it, you've got to stop doing something that's become, uh, pow- it's been powerful, but for one year, you're going to have a year off. Who thinks that's good news? Who's really excited but not sure that you should clap about that? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Something, sometimes you've got to let go of something that you've always done to get something that you've never seen. I'll say that again. I feel like the Holy Spirit's prompting me not from here, but from over here. Sometimes, I probably can't even remember what I said. Sometimes you've got to let let go of something that you've always done if you want to see something that you've never seen. I believe there are many people here with desires in our hearts that God's put there but we're stuck in a a mindset, a way of doing things. Maybe your mindset's about God. Maybe your mindset's about church. Again, maybe this is your first time where you've been coming for a little while and you've you've had this idea that just as Shauna said, Jesus was a, a wise man, but that's all he was. I want to encourage you. We get mindsets from our experiences, from what people have told us, from the media, from from friends who are ill-informed, and they can become, we believe them then as the truth, but the reality is they're not the truth, and we need to let God come and just shift things in our heart and shift things in our mind. I want to tell you that Jesus wasn't just a wise man. He's the Son of God, and He wants to pour love into your heart, and He wants to walk with you as your best friend and help you fulfill the dreams and desires that God has has for you and today at the end of this message i'm going to give a chance for people to say i'd love to surrender my life to god i'd love to invite him into my heart because i want that fresh start you're talking about okay we're doing good all right the third thing this is the final one that can stop us stepping into our something new is just simple old pride i heard uh, in the last two weeks that the last blockbuster video store shut down in queensland in Toowoomba, ironically, the last month. And then I read it, I read this story about the about Blockbuster. And I, I remember thinking years ago, these guys are on the downward trend. This this is not gonna last. And I read this story about in the year 2000, Blockbuster Video Entertainment in America uh, was an industry giant, had almost 8,000 stores in America alone. Uh, it, it was it had around uh, almost 9,000 employee, uh, 9,000 stores at its peak. It had 60,000 employees in America alone. And just before 2000, this little company called Netflix began. This little company called Netflix began by, by uh, mail order DVDs, not go to the Blockbuster store, but mail order. And you could order your DVD and it was struggling and it wasn't working. And so they got this idea, maybe what we should do is stream movie to our subscribers instead. They didn't have the funds to do that. So they went and approached Blockbuster. And they made the, the CEO of Blockbuster, a guy called John Antico, uh, a, a, a an offer to sell Netflix to them for, uh, now it sounds a lot, but in those days, the value of Blockbuster, but for $50 million because they had thousands of subscribers and this whole new concept. And Blockbuster, who were at the top of their game, couldn't see anything changing. The, the CEO and the key executive leaders literally laughed the man out of the room. Why would we do that? 
Why, why do we need that? Look at us. Look how successful we are. We can adjust or do whatever we need to do. Now, that was, that, that was the beginning, the moment that Netflix began uh, to peak over the next, uh, in, in about six or seven years in 2007. And at the same time, Blockbuster began to decline. In 2010, Blockbuster lost $1.1 billion still was worth $24 million. Uh, and in, in 2013, Netflix was worth $13 billion. Right now, it's worth $150 billion. It could have been bought for $50 million by a company at the top of its game with all of the assets and resources to do that. But pride stopped them seeing something new. Now they've gone bust. And I wonder what God's got for us. But we're too proud to go, you know what? I can learn some new things. I can start again. I can humble myself. I can, I can step out of the comfort zone and, and I can go and relearn some skills or some areas. I, I love uh, in our church, uh, you know, Pastor Phil made this comment, this uh, line that he says is that the doorway to greatness is a low door in the kingdom of God. It requires us to get on our knees and to serve, to walk through the doorways of opportunity. Servanthood and humility is always God's way of discovering the great things. When we make it about others and serving others and helping others and being able to learn and be teachable, it makes it uh, great moments and opportunities for us. I remember when Margaret and Ken Appleton moved to our church, uh, must be almost 20 years ago, I reckon, Ken, in the green building days or maybe 15 years ago. And I remember both of them had been in university at a high level, uh, lecturing. Margaret was running uh, multiple libraries with millions of dollars of budgets and many staff. And they moved here to the Sunshine Coast to our church. And Margaret rocks up and says, what can I do? And she began to empty the bins. She was self-funded retirees, uh, you know, probably in the 50s at that point, late 50s, I'm guessing. And, and what can I do? And she got on her knees and began to serve. And she began to just make opportunities and, and look, out, look out for others, not with any grandiose plan that this would get me there, but just beginning to serve. And we watched, uh, we watched this wonderful couple and this woman of God begin to serve. And then, then she began to serve four days a week voluntarily as our business manager for our church for eight or 10 years. Uh, Ken began to be, started our Bible college here and became one of our key lecturers and, and, and all sorts of different things. Then Margaret started running our shine community care and I look at it and I go how did that happen I didn't come in going here's my PR list of all the skills and gifts I've got and what I can do I just came in and said I'm willing to do whatever it takes I'm not going to say well yeah I know I did that at another church 20 years ago don't you go thinking I'm going to be emptying bins again I've done that because the doorway to greatness in the kingdom of God is simply servanthood Jesus demonstrated it time and time and time again. We never get too old, too experienced. We never get too young to serve because serving is God's way to new doors of opportunity. And sometimes pride can stop us saying, I need to learn some new things. Maybe doing an alpha course could be your way of learning some new things about Christianity to change the mindsets that you've had. Whatever it might be, I, I believe... God's got new things for us. I want us to close our eyes as the keyboardist comes up right now. Don't, but forget all that. Awesome past. Great things God's done. 
It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. What's God got for you that's new? What's He got? I love this thought. I want you to tune in with your eyes closed right now. See, in, in that scripture, see, it says, See, I've already begun. I love Isaiah 42 verse 9. Same prophet, same period of time. Behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. Open up your, the ears of your heart right now. I believe God can whisper things to your heart today. He's got some new things. He's got some new things. And He can whisper and give you an inclination. I think it's this. Maybe you're going to write a book. Maybe you're going to step out, do something that you've never done before. See, I've already begun. Often God's been pushing us in a certain direction. We can be dragging our heels. Holy Spirit, calm right now to every person in this room. Help us to lose the mindsets, to step out of the successes of the past and to humble ourselves to be open to what you've got for us, the new day, the new things. Come help every person in this room. Help us with our goals, the things that you want us, even today as we write them down or we pray, we seek you. Help us to be open, to get out of the rut, to pray bold prayers and to dream big dreams. Hey, I'm going to hand back to Dan. You're going to walk us through the goal anointing component of this service right now as we come to pray for people. So God bless you. Absolutely. Hey, church, can we give it up for our senior pastor? Pastor John, what an incredible message. God has something new for us this year. And I know that was a powerful word for so many of us.